Amen. There's power in that. Amen. We need to continue to say, yes, I will. We will. Amen. We will continue to worship God. Amen. Even when we're waiting on God to answer our prayer. Amen. Even when we're waiting on God to talk to us. Amen. We'll continue to worship God. We'll continue to worship God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. God, we thank you, Jesus, for all that you are, God, and all that you do, God. You're so good to us, God. Lord, you are so faithful, God. Even when we don't see you working, God, you're still working, God. Even when we don't see you moving, God, you're still moving, God. Lord, you continue, God, to always be faithful to us, God. Even when it seems like the whole world's against us, God, you're right there working all things together, God. Lord, it might not be the way that we see it, God, but you're in the middle of it, God, working all things together, God, and we're thankful for that, God. Lord, today as we continue, Lord, in this service, God, I want you to please, God, remind us, God, Lord, that you're right there with us, God. Lord, you're right there with us, God. You're faithful to us, God. You never leave us, God. You never forsake us, God. You never break a promise, God. We're grateful for that, God. Have your way in this service, God, and bless your children, God, in your precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. We're going to dismiss our young people at this time. How many of you know God's good? Amen. 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 God is good. We're glad to see everyone here on a Valentine's Day night. Just uh, no place I would rather be, amen, than here with my wife, amen, on Valentine's Day night. Amen. Amen. I got out of that one. I about got myself in a mess. Eh? I got myself out of it. Though. Amen. Hey, man, that takes a little, uh, <laughs> amen. Hey, amen. Hey, we're going to be in uh, Mark 10 tonight. Uh, this is a famous preaching passage, if you will, but it's the story of a, a young man. His name is Bartimaeus. A lot of people know him as blind Bartimaeus, amen. And uh, the thing about this story that's just so captivating to me is the fact that this represents an individual who's just kind of been pushed aside by society, if you will. He's been kind of passed over many times in society. He's kind of an outcast, if you will. He's sitting on this side of the road, and he's been passed by there many times also, I'm sure. Right? Uh, Maybe uh, today you kind of think of yourself as someone that's been passed over many times. Maybe you think of yourself as someone that's been pushed aside. Maybe you think of yourself as someone who's had some opportunities pass you by in your lifetime. Amen? Maybe... Some relationships have moved on without you or perhaps, you know, you just, you you feel like sometimes, you know, you're just not good enough or you feel like, you know, uh, maybe you you sit here and you think of all these things that kind of have passed you by in your life. And maybe we sit here today and we think that there is just, you know, not a lot of hope, right? All the hopes kind of passed me by, but I want to assure you today, amen, that there is hope today, amen. Amen. No matter what we feel today, no matter what we've got in our heart and in our spirit, amen, that, that's bothering us, amen, that's, that's weighing us down, that's burdening us down, amen, no matter what that is, amen, there is hope today, amen. amen. There is hope today in Jesus Christ, amen. There is hope, okay. See, I want you to understand right now, where you're at right now did not surprise God. No. Amen. See, a lot of times where we're at right now might have surprised us. We don't know how in the world we even got into this situation we're in at times. You were sitting there, I don't, I don't even know how I got here, right? But I want you to know where you're at right now didn't surprise God. Amen. He's not sitting up there shocked saying, oh my goodness, I don't know how they're in this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to have to do plan B maybe, right? No, God's not surprised by the situation. Either we got ourselves in or the situation we find ourselves in. Whatever that is, God's not surprised by it, right? 
It may not be where you thought you would be, but today through God's word and his truth, you're going to find out you're in the perfect position for God to use you. Amen. Amen. You may not be where you thought you would be, amen, but you're in the perfect position for God to do something great, not only in you, but through you. Amen. Amen. You're in a great position. Amen. If, right? And that word, if. If we'll seize the opportunity. A lot of times we'll find ourselves in a situation and we don't know that God's doing some things there. We don't know that God's working all things together for His good. That uh, passage doesn't say He's working all things together for our good. Amen. That passage said He's working all things together for His good. Amen. And we don't understand that at times. So we don't understand that God's working a lot of things together that we don't see. He's working in the background and He's working things out. And it's a lot bigger than us and our problems. Amen. And we don't understand that. So a lot of times we get stuck, right? And we're, you know, woe is me. And then we're getting that little pity party. But we don't understand that God's working a lot more things together than what we realize. But we have to seize that opportunity. Amen. Seize that opportunity. And today we're going to be talking about blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10. And uh, I don't know why. I've been really, really excited about this message. Amen. I've been really excited about this message for some reason. I don't know why. And I just feel like, are you guys excited? Exactly. Amen. Yes. Yeah, right. We'll see. Right. <laughs> Some of y'all coming in wasn't excited. I could tell you. I could tell you right now. Maybe by the time we leave, you'll be excited. Amen. Some of you were not excited. I saw. I saw you coming in. Right. There's a little context here. Right. Jesus was leaving Jericho and he was headed to Jerusalem. Okay. And the reason he was headed to Jerusalem was because this was the time of the Passover, the celebration of the Passover feast, and this would, in fact, be his last. Passover, right? And this is the time that most of us know as the Last Supper. He was headed toward that Last Supper, right? And uh, he would before long have been betrayed by one of his own, right? He would have been before long been betrayed by his uh, friend Judas, one of his disciples. He would be arrested. He would be falsely accused. He would be beaten. He would be humiliated. Amen. He would ultimately be crucified for our sins. Amen. That's where this man was headed, right? He was headed to die for our sins, amen, something that was pretty important, right? He was headed somewhere that was pretty important, amen. He was a busy man, you could say. He was on on a mission. In fact, he was at the pinnacle of his mission. See, a lot of people don't understand that from the time of Jesus' birth to the time of the crucifixion, Jesus was headed toward that cross. From the time he entered the earth, amen, he was headed toward that cross. That was his mission, and he was almost at the pinnacle of this mission. He was right at the top of this mission. Amen. He was headed toward a cross. And for a moment, for a moment, his steps were redirected. For a moment, in this passage, you will find his steps were redirected. We're starting Mark 10 and 46, and it says this, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. I want to pause here for a moment and point out something I found pretty interesting. See, a lot of times in the Bible, whenever uh, a person is referenced by their issue, in other words, if they were referenced by, as a beggar, if they were referenced by being a blind person, if they were referenced by being a leper, if they were referenced by being paralyzed, if they were referenced by having an issue of blood, whatever they were known as, that was simply how they were known. Right, They were known by their issue, in other words, right? Most of the time, they weren't called by their name, right? Most of the time, they weren't called by their name. Several times in the Bible, we see people that are healed or mentioned, and they're called by their issue, 
They're called by their affliction, but they're not called by their name. So it's very interesting to me that this man is called by his name. That's right. <clears throat> he was called by his name. He was given his name Bartimaeus, which literally means son of Timaeus. Bar means son. Timaeus means, that's his name, Timaeus, okay? Son of Timaeus, right? That leads me to think that possibly this man was meant to be somebody, right? Right, right? This man was meant to be somebody. See, if you know that most of the time parents give the name of the father to the one that's supposed to take over the family business, right? The one that carries their name is the one that's supposed to continue the uh, lineage, if you will, continue the whatever that's called, right? Right, most fathers name the son after them that will follow in their foot, footsteps, right? Pass on their family traditions, right? Carry on their name, right? So they had big dreams for their son. That's right. They had big thoughts. They had big plans for their son, right? But then he was born and he was blind. And this time and in this culture, if you are not like everybody else, you're labeled an outcast. That's right. Right, and this time and in this culture, when you're not like everybody else, you're kind of damaged goods, if you will, right? He'll never live up to what his potential was, in other words, right? Mm -hmm. To some, he might have even been known as a disappointment, right? right? Not his fault, but that's how some people may have looked at him, right? And, and I think of today, right, there's probably in this room people that can kind of relate to that, right? Maybe life's been tough. Maybe you feel like at times we're just a disappointment, right? Maybe we think of that to our parents, maybe even to our children, maybe to our wife, our husband, our co-workers, right? right? Maybe even to God. Maybe we find ourselves today struggling with our value, right, of what we value ourselves, right? Because we feel like we've let some people down in our lives. Maybe we've let ourselves down, and then at times we begin to devalue ourselves, right? We feel like we haven't lived up to what we thought we would live up to, right? A lot of times when we do that, we begin to try, try to find our value in the wrong places, right? right, right. Whenever we, don't, we can't find our value in ourselves, we begin to try to look for value in other places, right? Maybe it's in a title. Maybe we look for, maybe if I was vice president of this company, maybe I would have some value. Maybe I would be important. Maybe if we were on our own business, maybe if we had a whole bunch of money, right, we would have some value. Or maybe we try to find our value in a person, right? Maybe if I had this boyfriend or if I had this girlfriend or if I had this husband or this wife, right, maybe I would have some value, right? Maybe if I was just a, a father, maybe if I was just a mom, I would have some value. Mm -hmm. We believe that we could just arrive at this position status if we finally have this value or if we become whoever we think will give us value, right? Or maybe it's material possessions, maybe if we own this car, Right, or if we own this house, right, or if we own these clothes, right, or if we do whatever it is, right, whatever, you can put whatever it is in there, right, we feel like we would have value. And then there's people that are opposite, right, they don't find their value in people or possessions, no, they find their value in what they believe in, right. My value is in what I believe in, okay, not in, right, not in what they do have, but in what they don't do, in other words, right. And that kind of sounds strange, but you ever heard someone say, I, I may not go to church much, but I don't do this. Oh, yeah. I don't do that, right? I, don't, I may not go to church, right, but at least I don't drink, right? At least I don't do drugs. At least I don't beat my wife, right? At least I don't waste money, whatever it is. I, honest to goodness, had somebody at work tell me one time, I don't go to church a lot, but at least I don't cuss around my children, right? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, <laughs> with that, with that statement, right? And I'm like, you know, good for you, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, 
Right? See, there's a lot of people out there that believe that their relationship with Jesus Christ consists largely of what they are for or what they're against. Right. You talk to somebody about, you know, are you a Christian? They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm all against this and I'm all against that or I'm for this and I'm for that, right? They find their value in what they don't do, in other right. words, right? Mm-hmm. See, value is an interesting thing. It really is. A lot of times we don't think about it, but value really drives us. Yeah. What we think about ourselves really drives us. Right. What other people think about us really drives us, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, see, in all of those things, we're trying to find our value in something that are worldly, mm-hmm. right. right? And as long as we continue to ch- chase worldly values, right, as long as we can try to find our value and our worth in worldly things, guess what we'll do? We'll continue to chase it. Yeah, that's right. We will always chase it, right? That job will never be enough. That money will never be enough. That wife will never be enough. That whatever it is will never be enough because we're going to continue to chase. Why? Because that's not where our value is. Right. We were created in the image of God, right? That's where our value is, right? In our relationship with God. See, no worldly thing will give us value. We'll continue to search for that, right? Until one day, God passes us by. Mm-hmm. Like he passed Bartimaeus by on that road that day, right? See, true value is in what God says about you. Amen? And see, God has a lot to say about you. Amen. He says a lot about you in His Word. Amen? And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but let's go on to verse 47. Verse 47 says, When he heard, and I'm going to pause there again. We may be here a while tonight. Amen? We may be here a while. This passage is packed with good stuff, right? The Bible says, He heard. Right? If you, if you have your Bible, you can underline that, right? He heard. Right, because see, it's important to us today, and I pray that this word will mean a little bit to you in a little bit. Right, see, and when he heard that it was the Jesus the of Nazareth, he began to shout, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me!" Why is and then he heard important? Why is that important? You see, see, Bar- Bartimaeus was blind. Right, he could not see. Right, that's what blind means. He could not see. Right, mm-hmm. but he could hear. Right, in other words, he couldn't see, but he could hear. Right. See, too many times we focus on the don'ts, what we don't have, right? I don't have this, I don't do this, I don't, and I wish I could, right? I don't, but maybe one day I will, right? We focus on the don'ts, but what do you have? Right. See, Bartimaeus, he couldn't see, but he could hear. Amen, so he used what he, could ha- what he had, amen? And when he heard, the Bible says he acted, right? He wasn't so focused on what he didn't have that he didn't act, when he used what he did have, right? Yeah, I don't know if I said that right, amen? Right? See, he couldn't see, but he could hear. And when he heard, he acted upon what he heard, amen? He said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Don't focus so much on what you don't have that you forget about what you do have, amen? The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12 that we all have gifts, right? He says, some of us have the gift of prophecy. If you have the gift of prophecy, prophesy, Amen? He said, some of us, you know, are servants, amen? If we have the gift of being a servant, be a servant, amen? If it's teaching, teach. If it's encouragement, encourage, amen? If it's giving, give, amen? If it's leading, do it, amen? Whatever God has given us, just do it, amen? If it's showing mercy, show mercy. Do it cheerfully, the Bible says, amen? Paul is teaching us here that we all have gifts. All of us have abilities. All of us have a purpose in the kingdom of God. All of us have something to give to advance the kingdom of God. No matter how small, no matter how old, we all have gifts to advance the kingdom of God. Don't worry about what you don't have. Amen. Worry about what you do have. Someone else is called to do what you don't do. Amen. 
what you can't do, someone else will do. Amen. I know it will shock anybody that stands around me up here, but I really can't sing. All right. I know that'll shock anybody that, right, anybody that stands around me, but I can't sing. Right. But that's okay. You know why? There's other people that are called to sing. Amen. Amen. I can't play against a guitar. I can't play any instrument. Amen. There's other people that are called to do that. Amen. I can't figure out that sound system a lot of times. Amen. That's okay. Kevin and Danny can do that. And I get them up here a lot to do that, right? I can't balance a budget, right? Sister Donna and Brother Pat can. Thank God for them. Amen. Amen. Right? I can't run a nursery. I'm so thankful for Sister Jennifer and her staff. Amen. Amen. I can't teach children every Wednesday. I would absolutely go crazy. Amen. (laughs) I'm thankful for Veronica and all her teachers. I'm thankful for each and every one of them, right? Right? I'm thankful for every one of them, right? And we're all called. And we all have different, right? We all have different gifts. That's right. So don't focus on what you don't have. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. Amen. That's and right. it's why we have church. Amen. Right. It's why we have church. And believe it or not, it's why you all here because you have something to give. Right. You may have just come to hear a message. You may have just heard come to hear worship, right? Or whatever it is, you may have come to spectate, right? But I want you to absolutely know that you have something to give. Amen. You are a part of this church and you have something to give. You have something to contribute. Each and every person in this room has something to contribute. Amen. And I want you absolutely to know that your pastor needs you to contribute. Your pastor needs you to be a part of it. Amen. I do too. Amen. We all have different talents. We all have different abilities. We all have different resources. And God puts every one of us together Amen. for a purpose. Amen? Yes. Amen. We all have different abilities and he put us all here. It's amazing. Me and Joel had this conversation on the way to work today. Amen. We were on our way to work and we were just talking about how it just seems like every time a piece moves, there's another piece that's just ready right behind it. And if you've, if you've been a part of this church for any length of time, you yeah. can just see it. Amen. Every time a piece moves, there's a piece that was already there. We, we didn't know why. Yeah. We didn't understand that. But if you, you could just see it, you can just see God just knitting Amen. perfectly, knitting Amen. perfectly. Amen. There's always someone, right? Because God knows what He's doing. Yes, He does. He's a whole lot better at this thing than we are. Amen. 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 He puts us where we can be most effective to carry out His will. Amen. Yes. Don't ever leave where you are because of feelings. Amen. A lot of times we leave somewhere because of our feelings, right? We got church, 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 church is a real thing. I understand that, right? That's a totally different message. Amen. But pray about it. Amen. Pray about it, amen, because God will lead you where you need to be, right? Amen. See, God gives us all gifts, and he knits us in the right place, right, for his purpose and his will, amen? It reminds me of a potter. You see, a potter will sometimes start out with a vision in place. He's got a vision, right? He starts out with this stuff, clay, right? And it spins around. I don't know all the stuff, right? I watched that movie Ghost one time, right? But, so I don't... <laughs> Right, but uh, I know they got something that spins and they got the clay and they, right, right, but and they have a vision, right? They have a vision. They, they don't just sit down with whatever it is spinning in the clay, right? They have to have a vision of what they're going to make, right? right? So a potter has a vision. They sit down and they're going to make this beautiful vase or whatever they're going to make and they begin to spend a lot of time on it. Things are going great. Then all of a sudden, maybe that wheel gets out of balance a little bit or whatever happens, right? And all of a sudden, a big old crack goes all the way through the middle of that vase, right? Just ruins it, right? Just ruins it, right? There's a very evident crack. So he just crushes the clay and he says, well, that'll never be a vase, right? But maybe it'll be a bowl. That's right. Right, maybe it'll be a bowl. 
So he begins to make this beautiful bowl. And if you saw the bowl, you would think, man, that's, that's really pretty, right? But you would never have the context that that bowl was supposed to be a vase. Mm-hmm. You'd never know that, right? It was, but it was broken. It was cracked, right. right? So it was used for another purpose, right? right? Maybe in the beginning, the vision was this, right? But now it's used for another purpose, right? right. And it's the same with us, right? We become so focused on the broken things in our life that we forget about what we are, amen, and we forget about what we have, and we forget about what we can accomplish, amen, right, people get so caught up in their past, we get so caught up in all the things that we've done, right, that we can't get past them, right, and we get so caught up into where we've been, but God wants to use us where we are, God wants to use you right where you are, amen, and a lot of times God wants to use you because of where you've been and what you've done, Right. Hey, right. There's a lot of people that can only reach certain people because of where they're being. Amen. People that have been in prison can reach people that's been in prison. Amen. Right. People that's been on drugs can reach people that's been on drugs. Right. That's just the way it works. Right. God will use you. Right. Because of where you've been. We all have a testimony that can reach many, many people. Right. Yes. There's people in this church that can't reach people like uh, that can reach people I can't reach. Amen. Maybe it's a situation in their life that they've been through that I haven't been through. Right? And so they can reach people that I can't reach. Right? There's people that will talk to you that won't talk to me. Amen? There's people that will talk to you that won't talk to our pastor. Right? Right? So God will use you because of what you've been through. Right? But we can't, let, we can't get past our past. Right? We can't see that we could be a bowl. Right? We, we're so caught up in the fact that we were supposed to be a vase. Right? But I was supposed to be a vase. Right? This wasn't the plan. Right, life happened and we became cracked though, right? We were going to get married, we were going to have two kids, a boy and a girl, right? A cat and a dog, right? We were going to have a house on the corner, right? Right, and it was going to have this beautiful picket fence, right? But then all of a sudden, our marriage is in trouble, right? Right, then, then we believe it's never going to be the same, right? We'll never be that vase we were intended to be, right? Or I got this job and I'm going to move up, I'm going to move up the ladder and I'm going to make all this money, Right? And I'm going to have all this stuff, right? I'm going to take these great vacations. Then all of a sudden, one day, the company shuts down. I've been there, amen? Right, and then we lose our job, right? And, and all, all the time we've spent and all the things we've invested in that, then all of a sudden, we don't have that anymore. That's not, that wasn't my plan, right? Or maybe we've been clean for a couple of years and things going great, right? Life's going good, right? Then all of a sudden, right, we get around some old friends and things happen and then bam, a crack, right? A crack, no longer a vase. We're no longer what we thought we would be, right? We get so focused on what's happened or what should have happened. We could have been this, we could have done that, right? That we don't see that we still have value. We still have worth, amen? We don't see that God has taken life and all these things that we've been through and He's working it together for His good. We don't see that that crack is for God's good, amen? We don't see that that... Maybe that drug addiction that we went through, and we say, man, we went through that, and we'll never be where we should be, right? But we don't see that God wants to use us. God wants to use us, amen? And God begins to take all those things, amen, cracks and all, and He begins to form them into something new. And not only something new, something better, amen? Something better, right? Something only He can use, amen? Right? Right? Oh, oh, you aren't going to be a vase, right? But you're going to be something new. And you're going to be something better. Why? Amen. Because God has a plan for your life. That's right. And He has a vision for you. Amen. Right. 
and he's working all things together for his good. Amen. God's going to use those cracks and people will say, you know, look at you. Amen. Look at what God's brought you from. Look at what God's done. But all we saw was that crack. We don't see that God brought us through so much. Amen. He brought us through so much and people are going to be blessed because of that. Amen. There's some people in here in this room that's been through some stuff and they are such a blessing to me. I get encouragement from them. Amen. Amen. I get encouragement from the situations that you've been through. Amen. And there's a whole lot of other people that you're blessing out there too. People you don't even see that you're blessing because you've been through this, but you're still going. On Valentine's Day night, you're in church worshiping God. People don't, people see that. Amen. We need to look and see today what, that we aren't where we were, but we are where God has us. Amen. Amen. I don't know if I said that right. I, I always, uh, I always think about this. See, there was a, I always think about it like this. See, a lot of times, you know, I always, I'm, I'm, I'm very bad. I overthink everything, if you know me. I overthink absolutely everything, right? So a lot of times I always think about, you know, the fact that I'm not where I should be, right? I, I always think about, man, I, I should have done this. I've done that this week, amen. Uh, there's been sick people in this church, and I've reached out to as many, tried to talk to as many and all this, but I really felt like I failed a lot. And... uh so a lot of times I'll look at that gap, right? I'll look at that gap between where I think I should be, right, and, and where I am. And I'll look and I'll say, man, I'm never going to get where I should be. But see, what I don't notice is that there's a big gap behind me too. Amen. Amen. See? Amen. Amen. See, what I don't notice is that I used to be way back there. Amen. That's right. And I don't notice that there's this huge gap behind me also. There may be still a good gap in between where I'm going. And where God wants me to be, but there's a pretty big gap behind me too. Amen. And there's a big gap behind a lot of you too in this room. Amen. God's brought you through some stuff. Amen. Amen. We need to look and see today. We may not be where we thought we would be. Amen. But we're right where God has us. We're not defined by our cracks. We're defined by our God. Amen. Amen. And our value is not defined by the world standards. If you're saved today, your value is defined by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are valuable. I want us to understand that we can't go back and start again. A lot of times we think, man, if I could just go back and change this one situation, if I can go back and just do this a little bit different, well, I'm going to tell you one thing, you can't. Right. right. You can't. It's not possible. We can't go back, right? But what we can do is start right where we're at. Right where we're at, we can start. Amen? You can't change the past, right? Those things are there and they've shaped us, right? Use it and move on. Those things that are in your past have shaped you. They've got you where you are. Use it and move on. Amen. Verse 48 says this, Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Amen. Amen. This always gets me. See, the one that seemed to need Jesus the most starts crying out for help, and the others try to tell him to shut up. <laughs> Amen. That always gets me, right? Anytime you take a step in the direction of reaching Jesus, there's going to be an enemy that's going to try to knock you back. Amen. Amen. Anytime you try to take a step into getting closer to Jesus, somebody's going to try to knock you back. Amen. That's, right. that's just the way it's going to be. Amen. Right. Right. He's going to try to discourage you. Oftentimes, he'll use people to discourage you, right? They say, you're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. You're never going to be able to quit this. You're never going to be able to stop that, right? You're never going to be able to accomplish this, right? You're never going to be able to change, never going to stay clean, never going to do whatever it is, right? But we can't worry about what others say that we're not going to be able to do. Amen? We can't worry about other people's opinions, right? 
We ain't got time for that. Amen. Ain't nobody got time for that. Amen. Ain't nobody got time for other people's opinions. Amen. I don't have time for other people's opinions. Right. What I want you to understand today is that Jesus was on a journey. See, I told you he was on a journey. He was on the way to the cross. A pretty big journey. Amen. Very important. Right. This roadside wasn't his final destination. He was only passing by. He wasn't stopping. He wasn't going to just hang out on the side of the road until Bartimaeus, you know, figured himself out. He wasn't going to stop and say, man, I hope Bartimaeus calls out to me, right? He wasn't going to stop waiting on Bartimaeus to clean up, right? Maybe get some things ready. Maybe Bartimaeus had some things in his life that he had to get rid of. He wasn't going to get waiting until Bartimaeus had all that figured out. See, he was on his way to Jerusalem. But our friend Bartimaeus seized an opportunity, right? See, there are opportunities that walk by us all the time. Sometimes we have to step out and seize that opportunity. Amen. See, Jesus was passing by. The healer was on the roadside. Amen. Jesus was on the roadside. Son of David, have mercy on me. Healed because he saw an opportunity and he took it. He saw an opportunity and he took it. Amen. And today is a great day for us to seize an opportunity. Amen. A great day. Stop worrying about all the things you don't have. All the things you can't do, right? Stop finding excuses and reasons. Amen. Too many times we are guilty of finding reasons not to do what God's called us to do. Right? We look for reasons. Amen. I know me and I look for reasons. Amen. I look for reasons. I look for excuses not to do what God has called me to do. Amen. We need to stop doing that. Amen. We need to just do what God's called us to do. Move forward. Amen. The enemy's intentions for you is to bog you down with life. Right? The enemy's intentions with you is to bog you down with you. And I want you to understand that, right? And he wants to throw life at us, right? And he wants us to get all wrapped up in ourselves, right? He wants us to get all wrapped up in our pity parties, right? And our, uh, and, and our uh, feeling bad for ourselves and the woe is me's, right? And we just quit moving forward, right? You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand all of these things that are on me, right? But if we'll just continue to move forward, amen, it'll knock the enemy back, amen? If you move forward, it'll knock the enemy back. I want you to know that today, amen. He can't continue to bog you down if you move forward. Amen. Amen. You'll push those gates of hell back. I promise you that, amen. See, God has called each of us to advance His kingdom. How do we advance the kingdom of God? By pushing the enemy back, right? By pushing the enemy back. So dig in your heels and push forward, as our pastor says, amen. We can't afford to give up any more ground. Our pastor preached a message on that one time, and I've never let it go. Amen. We can't afford to give up any more ground. Amen. Take a stand and push forward. Verse 49 says this, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Man, they changed their tune. (laughs) They were telling this man to shut up when Jesus said, call him. They said, hey, (laughs) he's calling you. (laughs) He threw his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, and he came to Jesus. Amen. The people that were rebuking him and discouraging him were used by God to bring him to God. Amen. I think that's awesome, right? It's awesome how a lot of times the devil, uh, the, the things that the devil uses to discourage you, the thing that the devil uses to beat you down is what leads you right back to God. Amen. Ain't that awesome? Right? That is absolutely awesome. Our pastor says it all the time. The devil ain't too smart. Amen. He will beat you down to your knees and then you'll just pray to God. Amen. That ain't smart. That ain't smart, right? A lot of times that divorce, that sickness, right, losing that job, whatever that is, leads us right back to God, right? The Bible says God takes what the enemy means for evil and he uses it for good, amen? And the Bible says old Bartimaeus jumped to his feet 
I want you to know this dude's blind. <laughs> he jumped to his feet, right, and he came to Jesus. He's blind. He jumps to his feet and he comes to Jesus. What's our excuse for not coming to Jesus? Right, why do we not come to Jesus when he calls, amen? This blind man jumps to, feet and he came, to his feet and he came to Jesus. He sits by the roadside every day begging for money to survive. Then one day he hears that Jesus is passing by and he begins to yell, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. The others begin to yell at him, shut up. And he says, I don't care what anyone says, I'm going to yell even louder. Amen. He's going to hear me today. Amen. You don't know what I'm going through. Amen. This is my opportunity and I'm not going to let anybody or anything cause me not to reach it. Amen. He continues to yell all the more. The Bible says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I love what he says next. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, and the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. And the thing about this, right, it's, it's the obvious response, right? It's the obvious response, right? I mean, he's blind. Of course he wants to see, right? Of course he wants to see. But I began to think and meditate even on what I would say. I mean, I can see, but what if God himself, Jesus, stopped and said, what will you have me do for you? What if I was able to stop Jesus in his tracks, as Bartimaeus said, and he said, what do you want me to do? What would be my response? Right, I was thinking maybe I would say, well, Jesus, I'd like to be, you know, financially secure, right? Maybe I'd like to be able to finally quit my job and do what I think I'm actually called to do, amen? Maybe I would, uh, I would say I want my kids to be healthy. I want them to be happy. I want them to serve Jesus all their life. Maybe I would say I want my wife to be happy. I want her to just worship you and serve you all the days of her life, right? Maybe I would say I want our church to be full. Maybe I would say I want our church to be actively reaching the lost people, amen? Right? Some may would say I'd like to be healed, right? Some may would say I'd like for my marriage to be restored. Some, some would say maybe I want this depression or this anxiety gone out of my life, right? Maybe Maybe I want to feel like I have purpose. I want to feel like I have meaning, right? All of those would be great responses. Sure. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. And it kind of hit me. Really, the one thing that I should have said, if Jesus was to say, what would you have me do for you? I would say, well, Jesus, you're already doing it. You're headed to the cross. You're already on your way. You're already doing, Right? For him to do what he was actually on his way to do, uh, to complete the perfect sacrifice, amen, for all mankind and to restore my relationship with God. What do you want me to do for you? You're already doing it, Jesus. You see, because you see, when we are made right with God, everything else changes. You see, Jesus was on his way to make it possible for us to be made right with God. And when we are made right with God, everything else changes, amen. See, when we're made right with God, we automatically become better parents. We automatically become better husbands and fathers, right? Better spouses, right? We automatically become better at what we're doing, right? Our depression becomes better, right? I'm not saying it goes away. I'm not saying all of those things are healed automatically, right? But as we have a relationship with God and we begin to get closer to God, we begin to get better at all of those things, right? I've been married almost 30 years. I know a lot of y'all didn't know I was 30 years old, right? <laughs> but I've been married almost 30 years now, right? I married my wife when she was one, right? <laughs> and I can tell you it's Valentine's Day. I got to get some points in, right? Yeah. 
I can tell you from experience, if you want a successful, full marriage, get your right, life right with God first. Amen. Amen. Right? If you want to have a successful marriage, put God in the middle. Right? Amen. Get your life right with God first. Right? What I found is, see, before I was right with God, I was a self-centered individual. Right? I was self-consumed. I was. Right? My wants came first. What I wanted is what mattered, right? But only through a restored relationship with Jesus was I able to start putting other people in front of me, yeah. right? When I began to put Jesus first, I began <laughs> to put everybody else in front of me also. See, I've seen a lot of troubled marriages, and I stand before you today as one who's made enough mistakes in my marriage to destroy it, right? But there are no marriage problems that God can't heal. Amen. I'm living proof of that, Amen. that there are no marriage problems that God can't heal, Right? There are no past sins that God can't reconcile, amen? There is nothing that you have done that God can't heal. There is no situation, there is no circumstances, there is no sin, there is nothing. You can say, you don't know what I did, amen? But I want you to know God can heal every situation and circumstance. He can. If you don't believe me, try it, amen? Submit yourself fully and completely to Jesus. Serve Him, serve His church and His people. And he will restore whatever that situation and circumstance is in your life. Amen. Right? You may not be the vase you thought you would be, but you will be a very beautiful bowl. Amen. I promise you. Amen. A very beautiful bowl. Amen. You'll end up being more beautiful than what you ever thought you would be. See, see, see God can use you and he can bring glory to himself. Amen. Amen. Right? What, what we see here is that the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. That's pretty awesome, right? If you look up that word in the Strong's Concordance, it'll say rabbi means master or teacher, master, yeah, right? See, he said, master, I want to see. You see, before this, he was calling him Jesus, son of David. Why was he calling him that? Because he heard other people saying that. He heard other people say that he was Jesus. He was the son of David, right? But he didn't have a relationship with him. He only knew what he had heard. There's a lot of people that come to church every Sunday only knowing what they had heard about God. Right, they, they, they know that their mom and dad had a relationship, right? So they don't really know Jesus, right? They only know Jesus, son of David. They only know what they've heard about God, right? But the moment that Jesus stopped and turned to him, he called him master. That's right. The moment he called him master, amen, he submitted his life to him, right? Perhaps Bartimaeus, could, this blind man, could see better than everybody else around him. Right. See, in this moment... He couldn't even see yet, right? But in this moment, he could see better than everybody else around him because he knew that that was his master. And he submitted his life to him right in that moment, right? You see, before that, he was a beggar. He was blind, an outcast. He had no hope. He had come to the conclusion that he would always, this would always be his life. This will always be who I am. I will always be on this roadside. I will always be begging, right? But when Jesus passed by that day, he saw that there was truly hope. He saw that there's hope, amen, right? He said that he don't have to live like this no more, right? This isn't who I was meant to be. I wasn't meant to have to live like this, right? I, I just have to cry out to Jesus. And he said, nothing's going to stop me from getting Jesus' attention, amen? No one's going to stop me. He said, Master, I want to see. When you understand who you are in Jesus, when you understand that Jesus desires to heal your situation, Jesus desires to restore your relationship to him, amen? Your value completely changes. Yes, it does. Right? When we understand that Jesus actually desires to have a relationship with us, our value completely changes. No matter what you've done today, no matter how far you've gone, 
no matter how far you feel like life's just passed you by, amen, I want you to know today Jesus still loves you. Amen. And He still has a plan for your life. No matter what you've done, Jesus still has a plan for your life. And He gave His life for you knowing that you would be in the position you are in today. The Bible says he died for sinners, right? He died for me, right? Knowing that I would have been an alcoholic, right? He knew that. He knew that, right? He knew what all the things I would do in my life. But yet he still went to the cross anyway. That's right. And you know what? I wasn't a sure thing, right? Because see, he went to the cross not knowing if I would give my life for him. Not knowing if I would ever ask him to forgive me of my sins. And you say, well, God's omni He knows everything, right? But I want you to know today he gave his life knowing that a lot of people would not give their life for him. That's right. They would not change their life for him, right? So I want you to know the day that Jesus gave his life for you knowing you would be in that position you're in and in the place you're in. And he knew that you would one day have an opportunity to do something about it. True. Jesus looked at him and said, go, your faith has healed you. His sight was restored. So many on that roadside today and I don't read of another one being healed. There was a lot of people on that roadside. You see, that road from Jericho to Jerusalem is not a long way, right? But it is the busiest road in that land at that time. And there were a lot of people on that roadside. And there were a lot of people, I'm sure, begging. There were a lot of people probably in similar situations to Bartimaeus. Maybe they wasn't blind, but maybe they were paralyzed. Maybe they had another issue, or maybe there was something in their life, right? But I don't hear of anybody else being healed or restored, right? right? He said, Master, I want to see. Master, I want to see. I wonder today, if you can say that, whatever the situation is in your life, Master, I want to be clean. Master, I want this depression gone. Master, I want my marriage healed. Master, I want to have hope in my life, right? Master, I want to be loved. Master, I want to be saved, amen? Master, I want to be forgiven. You're not the sum total of your past mistakes. That's right. Right, you're not what you think you are. Your value is not determined by your cracks. You're just a work of art in a potter's hand. Amen. He's mending you and molding you into an image that He wants you to be. Amen. He's creating someone that can be completely sold out to Him. And He can use you to bring glory to Him and lead other people to Him. Amen. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm okay being a bowl. Amen. I may not be the vase that I thought I would be, but I'm okay being a bowl. Amen. I don't have to be a vase. God has made me into what He desires. Embrace that. Call out to Him. Master, I want to see. We're going to close at this time. Or we're going to get our worship team up here. Right? Right? Maybe we're not where we thought we would be, right? But actually, we're, we're better, right? Because we, if we would allow God to use us, right? We're better than you, as you say, right? In Him, we were all created to do good works, right? right? Which He has prepared in advance for us to do, right? And I pray today that we will all find value in what God's called us to do, amen? See, we're all called to live an abundant life in God, and a lot of times we live beneath God's blessings because we don't understand that God has a purpose for our life, right. and we don't step into that purpose, amen? Christians should be the most free, joyful, happy people on this earth right Amen. but why aren't we sometimes see I believe we continually take our eyes off our joy right we continually to focus on other things instead of the joy of our life right he said master I want to see today if you'll just turn your eyes away from 
the things in your life, turn your eyes away from the things that you think you used to be or who you think you are, if you'll turn your eyes away from those things, amen, and turn your eyes and say, Master, I want to see. Jesus will heal your life. I really believe that today. Master, I want to see. I don't have this in my notes. But today I was actually reading a verse and it just hit me. And it's just something that's been on my heart all day. And I was reading this verse of there was a moment Jesus had entered this city and the city was Canaan. And this is the city where Jesus performed his first miracle. And if you know about the story, he was going to a wedding. And historians or theologians or whatever, they'll tell you that this was probably the wedding of one of his family members, right? Because he was there, his mom was there, all the disciples were there, everybody was there. You wouldn't bring all the disciples with you, right, to somebody you didn't know, right? So he probably knew them. It was probably a family member. It was probably somebody, a cousin or somebody, an in-law, somebody that was kin to Jesus. And they were at this wedding. And the Bible says that they ran out of wine at this wedding. So Mary, Jesus' mother, looks at Jesus and says, they're out of wine. What are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do about it? You see, Jesus had been on this earth for 30 years at this time, right? And 30 years before that, Mary had been told that Jesus was the Son of God, right? That He was the Son of God, that He was the perfect sacrifice, right? That He was Jesus, Son of God, right? So she knew that He had all of this power, right? She knew that He was all-powerful. She knew this about Him, right? So she knew that He had the ability to do anything, right? But for 30 years, none of that had happened, right? For 30 years, Jesus, Jesus had lived as just a normal person, right? For 30 years, in fact... We don't read of any miracles. We don't read of anything before this, right? We don't read of any supernatural events, right? We don't read of anything. The only thing we really read is that his parents left him at church one time. That's the only thing we left. They left him at church one time. Then they went somewhere else, right? And they said, oh, we left Jesus, right? That's the only thing we read, right? So for 30 years, all Mary had was a word from an angel that this was the Son of God for 30 years. I wonder during those 30 years did she ever doubt I wonder for 30 years she said, well, he hasn't done anything, right? I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's been 30 years, right? But here he is at this wedding, right? And, and she goes up to him and she says, they're out of wine. What are you going to do? Jesus, of course, said, it's not my time yet. What, have you, what do you have me do? It's not my time yet. So in that moment, there was a moment between her problem and an answer, right? There was a problem. We don't have any wine. And if you know during that time, if, if you ran out of wine at the wedding, you know, these, you would be looked down upon. It would be a great disgrace. It would be, you know, awful for the family. And like I said, this is her, their family probably, right? So there would probably be a lot of embarrassment, right? Or probably a disgrace to the family, right? So, Jesus, so Mary says, we're out of wine. And he says, it's not my time yet. So during that moment, there was a moment between there was a problem and an answer, right? 
there was a moment. In that moment, what did Mary do? What did Mary do? Mary said, looked at the disciples and said, do whatever he tells you to do. She had faith. She had faith in that moment, right? She had faith. She could have started complaining. She could have said, are you ever going to do anything? (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect opportunity. Right? You're the son of God. Do something, right? Right? She could have posted on Facebook. He don't never do anything I ask him to do, right? Could have texted her friends and said, I asked him to do it and he won't do it. I don't know what to do, right? But no, she had faith. She said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And guess what that faith did? It moved his heart. And he did it, right? I don't know where you're at in your life today. I don't know what situation you're at, right? But this could be your moment where you're in between that problem and the answer. Here you are. You found yourself in between this problem that you got in your life and the answer. What do you do with it? Will you have faith today? Will you speak? My Bible says that that faith is an action word. It never says if we'll just think that the mountains will move. No, it says speak and the mountains will move, right? Faith is an action word. We got to do something. Amen. We got to do something with that faith. So today I'm going to give you an opportunity. You got a situation in your life. There's an answer on the other side. What are you going to do? Are you going to have faith? Are you going to speak to it? We're going to pray and we're going to open up these altars today. I can feel the presence of God in this place. I know God's here. And I truly believe that today He's passing by on that road and there's somebody, if you'll just turn your eyes to Him like Bartimaeus did, Master, Master, I want to see. Whatever that is in your life, I believe God will give that to you. I really believe that today. Let's pray and we're going to open up these altars. If you want to seek God, today's an opportunity for you to do that. Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you today, dear God, I just thank you, God, for all that you are, God. Lord, I thank you for your presence that I feel in this place, God. I thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, you gave each and every one of us, God, to seek you greater, God. The Bible says, seek you while you may be found, God. You're here. You're in this place, God. There is an opportunity to seek you today. Help us to seize that opportunity. Help us not to look past that opportunity today, God. As you're passing by on that road, help us not to try to overthink things and try to think, well, maybe I need to try to get this figured out or maybe if I go up there, people will think something about me. Help us to have courage today to seize that opportunity, God. Give us that courage today, God. Thank you, Jesus. You want to open up these altars. If you want to pray, us open. Hidden glory.
Did you know that at that name, all of, of hell's demons and Satan himself must flee? Amen. Did you know that at that name, dead bodies got to stand to their feet? Amen. I love that song. At that name, blinded eyes like Bartimaeus's have to be open. Right? At that name, ears have to be open. At that name, relationships have to be restored. Right? At that name, nations right, are restored. At that name, all things are possible. Ain't that right? That's what the Bible teaches us. And that's more than just a bumper sticker or a slogan. That's a fact. Amen. At the name of Jesus, as Pastor Key said, when done in faith and belief and trust and confidence in God, all things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. And our God loves us so much that He would not, the Bible says, He's not going to withhold any good thing from you and I. He would not do that. Because all good and perfect gifts come from Him. Amen. He won't withhold it. If you and I want it bad enough, He will not withhold it. Amen. What a great message. Amen. God is so good. So timely as we go into the rest of this week, the second half of our week. None of us know what we're going to face. But one thing we know. We know the face of the one that will face it. Amen. And that's Jesus Christ. And if you know Him, you can face tomorrow. Amen. You can face the rest of your week. Because He is awesome, and He loves you, and He's not going to let you go somewhere that He's not going to go with you. Amen? In fact, He's not going to let you go somewhere that He had not already been. Is that right, Pastor? Not going to do it. So we love you. Hope you have a super Valentine's.